The Journal of Talis Handrig, Episode 14, Entries 59 through 60. The man sat atop the steamwork apparatus, gaining little ground in 20 hours of travel. He was frustrated by its sluggish pace, and even after using the stone of haste, made little headway. He looked in vain for anything that might work as a crutch. The barbed vines would be of no use, and the heaps of junk he had been noticing before had long since ceased to appear. Eventually, though, he devised a solution. He took the pickaxe from his pack and cut a mass of thorns. He then placed it aside his ruined leg and wound the vine tightly to fasten it so that the axe's head could work as a makeshift foot. The thorns cut his pant leg to ribbons and anchored deeply into what was left of his calf. The pain was immense. He thought that perhaps holding the relics directly might help. He withdrew them from the TW2 and was surprised to see that its sensors remained alight even after they had been taken out. He took a step forward. The pain was dulled, if only slightly. This will do he thought, and he begun to walk forward. He could see the giant blue structure on the horizon. Without any interruption, he might reach it by day's end. He eagerly pressed forward, so fixed on his goal that he failed to notice that his companion no longer followed. Three fifty one sixteen twenty. I've made it to the keep at last. The draw from the relics led directly to its outer wall, but try as I might, I could find no way of getting in. The compass shifts rhythmically now sometimes pointing directly forward, sometimes directly beneath me, sometimes behind me, and sometimes to the side. It's as if the place itself is moving, yet here it stands before me unchanged. Another riddle to be solved, it seems. But I'm here now. At least I'm here now. The parade of children limped forward. All were scraped heavily by the thorny passage. They left their parents behind and had little rest during their days of travel, yet shambled anxiously to catch the dolls that had lured them from home. Finally, they had been brought to their destination. One of the dolls threw a gem to the ground. Look, titties, it's magic. The children let out a gasp of awe as the gem transformed into an ornate golden chest. The chest opened, beaming rays of blue, gold, and white from within. Now, which one of you was it that wanted a toy? Another of the dolls asked. 
The children cheered and ran to the chest. The dolls danced through the air as one after the other, excited children entered the golden box, producing a flash of bright yellow as they did. When no children were left, Hess grunted. 22. Did you get 22? I did, said Poxy. Or did, said Pimple. Should have been 23. We lost one. Just then, they heard weeping from the path they had come in on. A small boy with deeply bowed legs hobbled towards them. Please, said the boy. Please, are there any left? Are all the toys gone? I, I, I couldn't keep up. I can't never keep up. I was born sick, born with these bad legs here. Mom says I'm a cripple, just a stupid cripple, not good for nothing. Oh, said Poxy. Oh, you poor, poor thing. Oh, here, let me help. She stifled a tear herself, floated to the boy, and carried him through the air. I'm, I'm flying, said the boy. I'm flying. Yes, replied Poxy. And you'll never be left behind again. The boy cried tears of joy. You're my new best friend. I love... His final words were cut short as Poxy dropped him into the chest, creating a weak flash of light. Pimple reached in and pulled out a pair of pink slippers. She scratched her head. What is it? It's junk, said Pess. Can't make nothing good from a cripple. Poxy began to cry. It's not junk! He's my friend! Look what you did now, stupid fatty. Made poor Poxy all weepy again. It's not my fault, said Pimple, who threw the slippers to the youngest sister. Oh, oh they're beautiful, Poxy said, as she put them on her stubby doll legs. She then walked with a new air of grace and looked inside the chest. Oh, they're lovely. They're all so lovely. The mister will be pleased. She turned to her sisters. Should we go in then? Fat Pimple probably don't even remember the words, muttered Pess. Or do? The middle sister responded. They levitated, linking their stubby doll hands, and begun to chant in unison. I backtracked to a point where the trail forked. 
I was so drawn by the pull in my head that I hadn't noticed the company of tracks I had been sharing the path with took to the opposite direction. I followed them this time and caught sight at last of the trail's other occupants. Three dolls stood arguing in front of a small stone door, a golden chest at their side. I watched hidden when finally the three raised from the ground and spoke in unison. The door opened, and without hesitation they gathered the chest and entered. A moment later, far sooner than I could reach it, the door slammed shut. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Journal of Talis Handrig. Written, narrated, and orchestrated by Owen Ambrose. Based on the board game Relics of the Keep by Damian Providenti and Owen Ambrose. For more information on Relics of the Keep, visit www.relicsofthekeep.com.